Previously on Talking Joe. Only two issues on display here, but did any piece of scripting stick out to you? Favourite line of dialogue. Uh, the one that uh, stuck out for me, and I hope you, hope you haven't picked the same one, was Flint talking about the Dark Clonian resistance. No, nope, no. Nope. Sneak peek should know, he was undercover in Dark Clonia so long he went, almost went native. In fact, he did go native in a way, with the landlord's daughter no less. Boom, <laughs> boom. <laughs> Talking Joe is on the air, and here are your hosts, Chief and Mark. Hey, 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 you've joined us, TJ95, five away from the big one hundo, and it's me, the Chief Doggy Dog, joined by you. And it's me, the M, the A, the R, the K, the Y, it's Marky. Yes, how are you, sir? Yeah, good. Hard work at, yeah, hard week of work. Yes. Lots of late nights again. Weekend play. um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. How are you? How's, how's, How's your week been? It has been okay. I had to pop into the office today, uh, not today, uh, this week, just to um, sort out some hardware stuff at work and then swung by the old toy shop on the way home, made some purchases that I didn't need, so discuss them later. But uh, yeah, other uh, than that, just uh, rolling, still making the old diorama, going to do a bit more work on that today, Uh, might put some pictures up later in the week depending on how my progress goes but uh yeah yeah other than that just uh keep on trucking <laughs> and it, with the tumbleweed still blowing through the office is it is it pretty deserted or were, yeah. was the uh, table table tennis a go-go no i did have a couple of games of table tennis uh. that bastard nandy i cannot beat him so i put a whooping on uh jimmy b he's easy easy potatoes yeah. but nandy he he's a tricky one he's got a real uh, vicious flick backhand so um i'm gonna probably pop in next week if only just to give him a game on the table tennis so. has, has your game been suffering from not having the practice yes think? it has it has and uh i've got a couple of bats that i like to use one with extra spin one's kind of just more flatter less grip and the other um, one has a, a laser hand attachment for you got taking it. down you your got opponent. It. Yep. Go, go, gadget, table tennis bat. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> no, so, no, yeah, a bit rusty, a bit rusty, but, um, you know, that's, that's maybe I need to get a table tennis table up in the loft. Hey, I tell you what, Ooh, there is a space right in that corner, no. I'm, I'm telling you. Surely not. <laughs> no. Uh, we'll I tell you, I'll tell you what, though, I've, I've been doing a bit of comic reading and I did, uh, I've worked my way through in probably less than two weeks uh, the Why the Last Man omnibus, which is about 60 issues. Yes, and? Uh, yeah, it stands up. It's a yeah, it's a good uh, good read. Yeah, I, for, you know, it'd been a long time since I read it when it came out, so it, it's always fun, sort of just not quite <laughs> having this vague, half remembered version of the story, and, and yeah. so go, oh right, yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think I I got the trades, and I read it. I don't know when I last read it, but I have placed it on my every story ever list. So I'll dig that up and. Uh, just for me and you and anyone else who's listening next week, I'll tell you where I placed it on that on that all-time ranking list. Cool. It's um, it's one of those ones which is, you know, a bit like Preacher, where the storytelling isn't, uh, in terms of the art, isn't particularly flashy, but yes. it's complete. It completely you know suits the uh, the story. Who, and build, builds who's these, the artist? Is it? Uh, it's P- uh, Pia Guerra, I think. Pia Guerra, uh, that's it. Yeah, yeah. With a few guest artists in yeah. there as as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, I'm going to crack out some comics later today uh, as well. So, get back on that train. I'm a bit behind with the reading, but um, I've got the uh, the Jimmy Olsen Superman's Pal recent mm. twelve okay. issue series from Matt Fraction and Steve Lieber, I think it is. 
Good stuff. So get that on the go. But uh, we do need to talk about something else, and it's time for that holy moly fiasco. Play that jingle. Action figures. We all love them. We all love them. Action figures. Oh yeah. They bring us joy in our daily life. Bring us joy. Action figures. Yeah. Evoking memories from our childhood. Childhood. But now we're grown and we just can't stop, just can't stop Buying plastic till our wallets pop, 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 pop When will it end? Who can say? Who can say? Cause action figures are part of our DNA DNA, DNA Some people say maybe we've gone a little wacko But action figures bring us joy like a rainbow They are so hot like a splash of Tabasco Now it's time for action figure fiasco Now it's time for action figure fiasco. Yes, so fiasco. this week in the action figure fiasco, I have got. I'm bending down to get these. I think have you you've got, got. Have you got a Kickstarter for the for the single on vinyl? Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> not yet. Not yet. Okay. Um, okay. I, Don't you've give got both these figures, I believe. So figure one is GI Joe classified six inch line Red Ninja. I've got it on order, but it hasn't arrived yet, and I don't oh, know if it ever will. I thought you pre-ordered that wave two. Uh, I did, but I think I got pre-ordered that one from Zavi. So, uh, uh, yeah, not not a um, dedicated uh, toy shop there. So, ah, uh, okay. Uh, Sorry, I thought out. you I thought you had it already. Right. Um, I got two. I bought. I got the the pre-order wave from Comics and Cocktails, and then I managed to snag another Red Ninja from Forbidden Planet a couple of weeks ago. But when I went back this week, because I was going to see if I could pick you up another one, um, they had none in stock too bad i'm sure well if it's meant to be you know it yep. will come <laughs> um, so but you're you've got pictures you you're aware of the figure anyway yeah yeah i've seen that i've seen the um bits. suffers from what a lot of these classified line figures do in that uh a little bit loose in the torso and they have these leg joints where you can almost pull them down to then go out to 90 degrees for the for the hip angle he can do the splits i've got mine literally Ooh, doing the splits right now okay. fully splits um that's because you can pull the leg down and then you push it back up to almost pop that thigh back up into the the pelvis but what that does mean is the legs are a little bit looser than normal and i find when i'm standing him up his legs tend to slide out and he starts doing the splits by accident oh dear Uh, however i think this is my favorite figure from the classified line so far oh Uh, in terms of design it looks great. Uh, the colours, the, so the, the shin guards and the knee pads have got kind of that almost matted red, but it is still a red compared to the almost magenta-y colour. It's almost like a dirt, dirty reddy brown of the main suit is a real nice mm. combination. Then you've got the, the tinges of grey on the straps and the black, but I love the kind of collar around around his neck, a soft material so you okay. can really push his head down and it doesn't restrict movement what, what i think probably works with this figure is that, that they're using all sorts of different tones of color aren't they it's not yes. just like a flat uh red all over which yep. you'd, you'd have got on the you know one of the original you know three and three quarter type designs yes yeah um 
another, another downside here, which I'm finding again with the, the, these classified lines, is the backpack peg. I don't know what it is, if it's not hard enough or the hole's not big enough, mm. but it tends to not either sit flush or comes out quite easily out of the back. You finding that with any of your figures? Yeah, 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 yeah. I think pretty much all of them. It's, okay. it's yeah, it sort of doesn't, particularly if there's like a strap or something that's yep. a little bit in the way. I don't think that, yep. that helps. But he and comes look- with a lot of accessories. He comes with a pair of psi. Uh, he comes with two hand axes, then he comes with two hand, like, sickle things or size, mm-hmm. and he also comes with two swords, one curved sword and one straight sword, and all of these will fit in. He's got one, two, three, four, five, six slots oh, on wow. his backpack and his and his waist belt to put them in, and then two in the hand. So he's got eight weapons, he can hold two, and all six others can go into his outfit, and it doesn't look, like, over overdone or over-encumbered. So, yeah, that's perfect because it's a bit of a bugbear of me of mine is that when you've got a character with loads of accessories and you can't fit them on their yeah. person, you've got to then you know store them off somewhere else or, or whatnot. I, I, it is a uh, it is quite satisfying when you can actually get them on the you know yeah. in the pouches and on the back and all of that kind of uh, kind of stuff. Yeah, I'm looking definitely. I'm looking at this guy now. What's going on with his eyes? Are they just like sort of blank or are they goggles or or what well yeah no it looks like the old 90s x-men white eye syndrome um <laughs> but yeah but and this one well this one kind of has i think it what's going across to the middle because the one i've got now I've got two the one i've got it almost has a white line joining mm, up the two like white eyes so it could be goggles or something like that don't yeah. know but i uh, love the mask it's a really really cool design so great great figure and I, and I wonder, just with your sort of contrarian approach to, to these things, that the fact that, that they've kind of gone from the, you know, classic comic book Red Ninja kind of look from issue yep. 21, and they've kind of just done their own thing and not tried to be, you know, too faithful to what's come before, whether whether that gives it bonus points in your book. Um, I think it makes the character more, the figure more interesting, definitely. If they'd have gone straight down that comic book Red Ninja line... There wouldn't be much to it, I don't think. You know, yeah, yeah, just yeah. be a guy it's in a red simple. gi and with some weapons. It might look cool and everything, but you'd end up just with like the three and three quarter inch Jinx figure, which is pretty boring. Mm. Um, but there you go. Uh, let's move on to another. I have got another figure. I think okay. you actually have this him. one in hand. Well, he's in the box. I've not been brave ah. enough to take him out. Okay. Now, what we're talking about here, this is a McFarlane Toys... Uh, Warhammer 40k Ultramarine Space Marine Um, and this is from the new McFarlane line of um, Warhammer toys it is so heavy it's (laughs) It's it's got yeah so really I'm holding the box it's got some heft to it but the actual figure itself has got some real weight yeah it's so good I'm holding it now and it's got okay look it's a big clunky figure so limited articulation I've got a knee joint there about 90 I've got the foot there's no swivel on the foot there's no there's a bit of thigh swivel, to be honest. Um, uh-huh. There's a ball joint in the waist, which gives quite a lot of movement. The okay. head, mm, a tiny bit of up and down, but then a swivel, uh, no tilt, uh, a tiny bit of tilt left and right. And then these big shoulder pads kind of get in the way a little bit of shoulder movement. Um, but, you know, how how much super posing you know it's not a ninja i don't want him clinging from the ceiling (laughs) spider-man style so he comes with a he comes with a uh plasma pistol or a blast pistol whatever it's called can't think what it's called in warhammer and then he comes with a chainsword bolt that's it yeah yeah bolt gun bolt pistol yeah yeah. comes with a chainsword 
and then comes with a lovely ultramarine backpack. The, the paint apps on this figure are incredible, probably some of the best paint apps I've seen on action figures, like no paint splash mm. going anywhere. The big crest, the eagle wing crest on his chest plate is phenomenal. He's got a skull, silver skull on the top of his head. The eyes are painted green. It's oh, it's so. I'm gonna have to get another one. It's so nice. <laughs> yeah, it's very um, like very solid. Very almost like sort of feels like a, a piece of plastic in its own. Yeah, mind, yeah, yeah. It? And you can get these. You can get these in the the grey, the, the the unpainted version. So if you want to paint your own Space Marine chapter, you can. I've seen a few examples of that online, uh-huh. and I'm not brave enough to give that a go. But uh, hopefully, they're going to do more down the line of more different legions without us having more chapters without us having to paint them but uh this is this could be it's in my i think it's probably in my top 10 of all oh, the figures i own it's it's so nice okay i think but i might have to take it out of the box i mean from i'm the not i'm not a warhammer 40,000 no. 4k 40k so uh, this fan. ah wait a minute this this will be maybe something for you to talk about later because was this why did you buy this one then <laughs> it was yeah a little bit of an impulse i it saw it cool. and it looked cool yeah and i thought uh, you know, if it if it arrives and you really like it, then I'll keep it. And if yeah. it doesn't, then uh, okay, then it'll, then it'll probably uh, and it's and it's good and in demand. It'll probably go go for big bucks on the secondary market, and I can sell it. So win win either way. Yeah, yeah, uh, that would look good on your shelf next to some of your books. I think so. I think that you know you could almost use it as a bookend kind of piece because it's, it's that, <laughs> it's that, that nice. heavy. Yeah, it's really, <laughs> really nice figure. So and it's seven inch scale. So obviously it scales outside of the other lines where I'm kind of crossing the IPs here for some of my photo shoots and stuff. However, what you got to remember is these space marines are enhanced humans. So they're they're fully roided and teched and scienced up. So yeah. outs- outside of the armor, they stand about seven foot anyway yeah, as a regular. And then put them in the armor and they're going to be more like eight foot. So it actually scales fine with a six inch classified or, or a Marvel Legends or a, or a Black Series Star Wars anyway, because it is going to be that much bigger. Do you, do you remember seeing at the Thought Bubble convention the cosplayers of uh, the, yes. the Space Marines? Very impressive. I've seen quite a few of those in, in different in different guises, and those guys go all out. So, yeah, enough respect yeah. there. But a and great huge, figure. huge. Yeah, great <laughs> figure. We'll put some pictures up um, on the socials. Good stuff. More figures next week. Haven't decided which ones they're going to be. Probably be another classified and then and then something else from another IP. But stay tuned for more Fiasco next week. But right about now, we dig into the meat of Talking Joe, and that is talking about G.I. Joe comic books. Comic talk. Oh, comic talk. Barry Hammer writes them. Chief and Mark discuss them. Whoa. Comic talk. Oh, comic talk. Larry Hammer rides them, Chief and Mark discuss them, whoa! Okay, so this week we are covering 239 to 241. It's, you know, I'd kind of read ahead and I think I was happy to say this was a five-issue arc. I know we're not getting that much clearly defined arcs unless it says part one and it says last part, whatever. But here... Yeah, that's not much indication either, to be honest. No, no, to be fair, you're right. But I think this is is definitely the conclusion of some stuff that enables us to rank this as an arc. So um, let's look at the covers, first of all. Favourite cover. Okay, so my favourite is the subscription cover by John Royal for... 240 just because of the the concept of that one that's got cobra commander blasting his face onto uh, mount rushmore in the background um so yeah just quite a fun over the top kind of uh, you know pose there yep. and, and an idea and uh, and actually it sort of 
um, echoed in real life. I think John, um, when when Trump visited Mount Rushmore, he did make some uh, inquiries as to whether he might be able to get his own face up up there. Yeah. So that's <laughs> so funny. Cobra Commander has got one up on uh, the Trump. Yeah, America. he actually did it. Yeah, yes, he got yes. it done. That's actually my favourite one as well. I think um, I think it's a real good slice of fun. That one, well done by Royal. I will know there is another one because we're kind of on a roll there of just getting the Gallant regular and the Royal subscription and yeah. we'll post all the covers up when we when we post up this episode for release so don't worry about trying to hunt them down necessarily but on 241 there's also I'm looking on the inside cover of the issue and I see a altered reality exclusive cover by Ian Nichols and that looks like uh, snake eyes with a Cobra Commander head in the cowled head mm-hmm. in the background I'll have to look at that as a big image on the computer but um, I wasn't aware of that one at the time. Yeah, no, I don't know what altered reality is. It might be a, is it possibly a store convention? Uh, po- possibly a store, a store, yeah, probably a comic store exclusive, maybe something like that, but um, yeah. Yeah, and, and I also wanted to comment on the cover to uh, 239, so we've obviously got the, the three standard covers by yes. uh, by Galant, and uh, 239 has got uh, the sort of uh, ninja tattoo si- uh, symbol on yep. on the front in in red, uh, with kind of in the background against the the the, the symbol, uh, the faces of some of the the characters. So Dawn, Snake Eyes, Storm Shadows, Zartan, Cobra Commander, but yeah, and Dawn is sort of cut across the. Uh, the the symbol in a in a one somewhat unfortunate way such that she's got a little bit of a, a sort of a gap tooth look going on there yes. which is a little bit i think uh, unfortunate in terms of the <laughs> aesthetics of the of the cover but uh let's dig in to the inside so last time on a real american hero wild bill lift ticket and a crew of battle-hardened joes infiltrate darklonia in a daring support mission that quickly turns into an all-out air to sea battle with cobra forces the joes are able to repel the enemy and soon rendezvous with the partisan leader werewolf one who turns out to be none other than the enigmatic resistance fighter katya a literal blast from sneak peek's covert past elsewhere dawn continues to be hunted by memories from another past this one belonging to the late snake eyes as dark as her dreams are, however, it seems her waking reality is only getting darker. Meanwhile, Cobra Commander invites Destro over for a chat that turns deadly in a heartbeat, but Destro is not so easily tricked. I think they're kind of uh, starting to ham up these sit reps in the front of these <laughs> issues a little bit, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, with your reading in, in mind. <laughs> um, kind of three strands running through these three issues so uh let's over head over to the uh, breakdowns plot breakdown okay so over in darklonia the joe team are continuing their mission and they're scoping out a revanche factory the joes carry out a snatch and grab on a truck driven by a blue ninja they take down the truck with the blue ninjas inside but sneak pete is hit the joes de-truck a mysterious tr- crate of cargo and load it into their own van and make away. With hiss, tanks and rages on their tail, Roblox, Spirits and Gross the Scrounger stay back to buy some time. The rear guard are able to take out the Cobra Column with some red smoke, a bazooka, some grief from Roblox Marduce and a captured re- retaliation hiss. Meanwhile, Sneak Peek is patched up by a Darklonian village v- veterinarian, but he doesn't make it for the second time. He is left behind to be buried as a hero of the Resistance, while the Joes take the Blue Ninja prototype back. And then outside Springfield, 
Dawn gets off the bus that she escaped on where she gets a lift from a pedo, gets jumped by a patrol officer and then finds an abandoned vehicle and ties him up in the boot. Uh, meanwhile, at Springfield Airport, Senator Wendy Ling Torres flies in to visit the hometown of her aide, but is shot by Dr. Mindbender with a trank dart and taken to be strapped down next to the unfortunate Mr. Wade Collins and his wife in the brainwave scanner, which is in the basement of the Springfield Community Centre, which plays a big part later on. Um, Heather meets up with Dawn. They kind of come together. And then Heather, she's disguised as a Crimson Guard immortal. Dawn is disguised as the aforementioned patrol officer. Uh, they come up with a deal. Heather is going to help Dawn with using the brainwave scanner to get her life back. And Dawn helps rescue Heather's parents. Then also going on is Snake Eyes, Zartan, Storm Shadow and Demon Granny. They um, speculate that Dawn will want to use the scanner to ditch Snake Eyes' entity. But Snake Eyes will want to destroy it. So we cut to the start of issue 240 where we see the aftermath. We see dead bodies destroyed his tanks in front of the Springfield Community Centre. We need the heavy hitters. Whoever is inside to shoot up two squads of alley vipers, a frag viper team and half a dozen bats. As Destro and Baroness arrive, a viper is suiting up in uh, the snake armour to do a recon. But as it goes inside, it's taken out by Demon Granny. In the basement, the Collins family is rescued and reunited with Sean. Dawn is told that she can't wrench Snake Eyes out with the machine, and Dr. Mindbender is plugged into his own brainwave scanner. As a squad of bats and blue ninja cyborgs are sent in, Dawn, with Snake Eyes in charge, takes them apart, dual-wielding morning light and evening shade. Zartan concocts a scheme to extricate everyone from the building, with a bit of help from the Dreadnoughts and the Thunder Machine, fooling Cobra Commander into thinking that Snake Eyes was killed, and making a getaway. Meanwhile, there are unintended consequences, as Dr. Venom is downloaded into Dr. Mindbender's body, he mugs Fred for his suit and his wig, and he shaves off Mindbender's trademark tash before revealing himself to Cobra Commander. Yeah, that's it. That's, uh, that's all what's going down, and let's uh, dig into little nuggets from all those plots. Talking Points Okay, anything really drastically jumping out of you, uh, that you need to get off your chest about any one of these three? <laughs> well, actually, the, the main thing that I wanted to get off my, my chest was that I was delighted to see something return to the pages of G.I. Joe. Um, can you guess what that was? Well, it's not the brainwave scanner, surely. <laughs> it's, it, you know, we just haven't seen enough of that thing. It was yeah. just great to have it back. So, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't think you're going to guess. It's no. the return of the opening splash page. Ah, yes, I did notice this. Uh, we've, I think we had it for two, two issues in a row we get it, and then it, go, it goes away again. Yeah, 239, 240, both open with the splash page. And I was only thinking before actually reading these issues that I loved, I loved that opening first page, splash page, uh, in, the, in the original run. You know, some, some really great art there, and it's just a really nice way of establishing, you know, that this is a new issue. It's, yeah. it's you know part of a chapter rather than just an ongoing you know graphic graphic novel a collection um and and yeah some some great art on on those uh, splashes as as well so two three nine what was that that's uh yeah that's the uh greyhound bus sort of coming into springfield and getting stopped by by the police and uh 240 is is the is the 
you know is really good one actually i remember seeing brian shearer posting this up on uh, twitter at the at the time that he'd he'd done it and thinking oh that is a great page yeah. uh you know and smash uh, down at the community center yeah the smash down yeah uh, it's got uh, yeah a load of uh, vipers up up front sort of uh, behind uh, cover of, of vehicles and uh, a guy uh, laid down on there on the ground with a sniper rifle, uh, yeah, burning buildings, mamba helicopters in the sky. Yeah, just uh, so, you know, when, when you've got an opening splash like that, you can just fit, you know, so much uh, flavour into it. And actually, if you're still, while we're on this page, uh, did you notice on it, uh, the, this sniper lying down, um, any bets on on who that is? What the the Crimson Guard? What is it, a Crimson Guard? Do you think? Oh, you it think it's like Heather, a, do you? No, well, I think that that is a uh, miscolored frag viper, because because uh, oh, okay. of the the sash that is on his on his back, which you don't get on the on the Crimson uh, Guard, so, uh, and actually does feature on on the frag viper. And the yeah, the, the helmet is a little bit off, but uh, there there isn't a sort of dedicated sniper trooper per se in in the cobra legion as far as i'm aware you know discounting the the night troop uh, night viper um so yeah i think that that sh- should probably be a, a more of an orange uh, frag viper interesting but, interesting uh, yeah there we go well, that's, that's, <laughs> that's getting that's into the, the 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 peanuts out of the poo there yep, but, uh, <laughs> yeah no, that's all good that's all good um i did have one note on my bit of po- i got more than one note to today in fact but i got what the first one says ug revanche uh, <laughs> that was actually my first was it? <laughs> note as well. Yeah. I wrote, uh, heart sank when I saw the word revanche. But yeah. uh, there we go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's... Larry can't seem to move away from some of this stuff, can he? No. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, keep on going back to the same thing. Another raid on a revanche uh, factory. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we have seen that uh, a few times, to be fair. How do, how do you feel that? How do you feel the the Dark Lonia stuff plays out? I mean, are you, you know, it's kind of s- standardish fight scenes, I guess, mm-hmm. and then you you get a bit of tank battle, which is nice, um, and kind of concludes with with the sneak peek stuff. Yeah, so so I mean, I think it's a nice sequence. It does feel a little bit rushed, perhaps. Um, yeah, I think it could it seems to. Have I think they could have made a, a bit more of it, and it, and it sort of, sort of concluding with sneak, sneak peek's death. It feels like maybe that was sort of just Larry going in there with a little bit of intent of killing him off and, and making up for the previous oversight of um, bringing him back to life by accident. Uh, yeah. The previous well, time. I kind of, I wasn't sure he was dead. Oh right. Okay. He Interesting. Doesn't, he doesn't really die on panel, does he? I mean, he's on. I'm looking at now. They're taking some bullets out of him, and then they they kind of they reference it, I guess. Well, mm. Flint's got his dog tags. I suppose he's, oh no, sneak sneak peek didn't make it. What I actually surmised was they're all in on it, or Flint's in on it, and sneak peek was still alive, but they're pretending he's dead so that he can go off with Katya and have this life outside of Joe. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, okay. Although that's never that's not really referenced here, but that's almost the vibe I was getting from those scenes as they played out. But yeah. you know, I'm if he died, he died. That's you know that I'm not saying. Well, you, this suggested that he didn't die because it doesn't suggest that he lived. But um, yeah, I just yeah. that's how I kind of read it in my head. But 
No, it's a good take, and and um, you know, it would allow for for them to come back and revisit it. And if that was, you know, indeed the case, then and I think that would be, uh, that would be, yeah, a very good uh, idea. Yeah. Or I'm even not, not <laughs> even not. I'm I'm not, I'm not even, um, not that I'm not open to it, but I don't even need a, a further sneak peek living in a civvy life. I'm I'm happy if they just finish it here and we never hear or see from sneak peek again that, that's fine because uh, it kind of leaves it open-ended either way but yeah it would leave it open but i think that would be one the straw that broke the camel's back if larry yeah. brought him back again <laughs> <laughs> it might be but yeah there is that kind of unofficial rule of comics that if if the person doesn't die on uh, on panel then then they're not dead yeah yeah. But so so yeah, I hadn't really thought about that. But but um, yeah, it's an interesting uh, it's an interesting take on it. Um, another thing I do want to talk about is why is Destro leading, taking the field command and taking the lead on this assault on the community centre? Is that just? Uh, I guess they're just a bit rudderless in terms of who uh, who is there. It's Cobra yeah. Commander, and I think uh, Destro kind of knows the how inept uh, he can be when he uh, he's in the sort of field command so yeah, i think as uh, the most senior uh, cobra there you know going in take, and, taking command and zartan is now invisible is that right he's got that ability <laughs> it, it appears so okay yeah. just checking <laughs> uh, because i'm trying to find the bit he doesn't he sneak up well you're um, not going to find the bit are you because he's invisible <laughs> <laughs> is it where he's having a conversation with Zorana or something like that or uh that's right yeah Zorana sort of uh, there's a hint that she's getting a whisper in her ear isn't isn't there that oh yeah I found it now yeah she's kind of uh what huh let go okay brother of mine I understand and he's obviously nowhere in any of those panels and yeah. you see her kind of arm being tugged so yeah he can now not only disguise uses holography if that's a word to make him look like someone else he can now he's got full-on predator camouflage excellent yeah why Very not good good tech. <laughs> good tech but that's not that's never been referenced or used before has it is that something new no not to my knowledge i think that that's a new one on me yeah what else do you want to talk about we also we also saw the snake armor that was oh, last, yes. I think last seen back in issue 19 um, when the original pit was being attacked by okay. by Cobra. You sent me, was it you or your brother, sent me... It was um, me, yeah, yeah. A, ...an eBay listing of a life-sized snake armour. <laughs> yep, there we go. There's an it's sort of a, a late-night impulse buy for you. <laughs> <laughs> no, thanks. When that comes in the post, uh, what am I going to do with this? Yeah, right. But, um, yeah, very cool. Um, so I th- it's, it's uh, I think, a bit of a centrepiece for the... Uh, for the comic shop that uh, that has it on, right. on sale. Okay, yeah, 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 definitely. Uh, but but yeah, the snake armor was actually uh, taken down by. Uh, I'll, I'll say the dialogue actually. What was that thing that took out an armored battle suit? It was a Prada bag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, there was another thing I kind of wanted to touch on is that they keep referring to snake eyes as in original snake eyes as if it's as if he's a living entity as if there's this Mm. kind of living i don't know what what would it be um like a spirit yeah yeah yeah. And, and i don't know because it's i suppose it's always difficult how you play it when you've it's almost like a split personality i guess in a way but with that it's a split personality is you know, two personalities of the same person. But here, it's almost like a new personality has been injected into Sean 
Um, but they 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 keep referring to the Snake Eyes entity as if it's something that can be pulled out of Sean and put into a body and brought back to life or something like that. I don't know. Out of Sean? Do you out of Sean? Out of uh, sorry, snake. out of Snake Eyes. Out of, out of Dawn. <laughs> okay. I, don't, I don't know what's going on. Out of Dawn. Sorry. Sean Dawn. Got to have yeah, a system. Out of, <laughs> out of Dawn. Yeah, that makes more sense. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Um, and I, you know, the the, the um, brainwave scanner. It's it's not you know, it's not a spiritual you know mumbo jumbo. It's it's no. you know it's meant to be a piece of medical equipment almost. So yes. it's like you know the mem the memories and stuff. It's not it's not a spirit, is it? Of Snake Eyes. It's it's data that has been yeah. taken out of his yeah. brain when he was last in the scanner, and and that I data guess... has been inserted into into Dawn. So I guess that's less interesting. It's <laughs> a little view, bit, but is that? But is the alternative of what we're getting what the Joe's fans actually want? Probably not. It's more superhero stuff, isn't it? There, there was one bit of brainwave scanner action I did like, and it's when Mindbender's in it, and he's about to become Venom. Mm-hmm. And there's a there's a panel at the top of the page, and it's the sound effects are snap, crackle, pop. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. As he gets absolutely zapped. And and what do we make of uh, Venom being uh, being back? Uh, it's sort of uh, Cobra uh, see, seeing him come back as well. There, Venom, you're dead. Merely corporally diminished, my dear. <laughs> yeah, and no one really bats an eyelid. It's like, all right, okay, yeah, this guy's okay. back. Whatever. Yeah, he's it's very very strange. No one wants to do any kind of um, uh, you know thorough. Uh, checking <laughs> over of this guy he's like all right yeah venom's back uh, what can you do for us yeah he was dead but he got better so. yeah yeah <laughs> i don't mind it too much but it does feel like we're replacing mindbender with another character who's almost the same mm. and, and well, i guess we... mindbender replaced venom didn't he as that kind of exactly, archetype yeah. anyway and we we also had venom coming back um towards the beginning of this this run yeah. where you know where he was in the machine the ghost in the machine and he was trying to take over uh, Billy's uh, body at the time and all that kind of thing so it's it's not a new concept uh to the book either of, of Venom coming back and and sort of trying to you know insert himself into a into a body yeah exactly exactly um yeah i mean i don't know i've what else have i got written down here I think that's probably it from me. Anything else you've got here? That um, you I, I wrote down that in the issue page of uh, two forty-one, there's yep. a sort of funny little exchange uh, in the here. letters page. <laughs> yeah. So uh, there's a guy who who writes in asking about um, asking about Doctor Biggles Jones, and he said, uh, you know, he said his big question uh, around it, it was. Why is she a big? Why is she a bad guy this time around? When we last saw her, she was a secret agent that was infiltrating Cobra. Now she seems like a very on-board member, which is, you know, actually quite a good question because if right. you, you know, recall when she last appeared uh, in that in the original run where where she and Scarlet were had just joined Cobra at the same time, yeah. they had the ceremony and and stuff. As that story progressed. Yeah, you find out that Scarlet was a double agent, but not just that. Doctor Biggles Jones was also a double agent, and it was yep. a bit of a you know twist reveal. But it seems that uh, it seems that Larry has forgotten that point entirely. Yes, uh, and he and he sort of tries to blame the 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 um, the letter writer Tim Dole, 
uh, tries to to you know make him think that he's looking at a different continuity and try and and, and misinterpreting that and it's not what he did at all. He said, uh, you know, in a fairly grumpy way, my GI Joe continuity is separate from the other GI Joe continuities and encompasses my Marvel RR run, the IDW RR run, the Devil's Due GI Joe classified, the Devil's Due Storm Shadow run. The stories not written by me are not part of my continuity and I have not actually read any of them. In my universe, Doctor Biggles Jones is not an undercover agent. Larry, even though he wrote even her though, as an undercover agent, even though you wrote her as an undercover agent, and it was entirely your plot point, but yeah. never mind. But also, what's the editor? The editor, you know, should have um, helped Larry out with that response as well. But uh, I, I think I the imagine, editor might be scared of Larry. <laughs> yeah, or they just haven't read yeah. the full run of GI Joe. So, yep. So good, good art here on display by the usual team. But did they manage to secrete anything in, or did Larry manage to put any nice little nuggets in there? I spy with my little eye. Uh, yeah, I spotted a few. So um, the Springfield police, they talked about back up on the interstate to the Shelby rest stop. So that uh, was a little uh, nugget of fun because Shelby, Shelbyville, yeah. is the na- neighbouring town for Simpsons Springfield. Ah, yeah, of course it is, yeah. <laughs> yeah, nice. And did you notice the uh, Springfield Extermination Services uh, van that the, the Zartan and Co were rocking around in. The says uh, with the with the big rat on the top. That's right, and it had had this lovely little uh, extermination logo, which was sort of uh, you know shaped in the sign of a of a cobra. It was just ah uh, yeah, I didn't spot that. I see it now. Yeah, good one. Um, and uh, then when uh, um, Mindbender slash um, Brain, what, what else he called? Venom. Um, Venom. Then when uh, Mindbender slash Venom was uh, trying to find his, uh, his uh, something to, to wear and whatnot and was looking in the uh, the lockers, there's a nice little bit where he's opened up a locker with Fred inside and uh, on the inside of the door is uh, pin-ups of Baroness and Zorana. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah. And then uh, a little bit of a, a, a no prize but somewhere to be had here uh, when they talk about... Uh, the uh, the alley vipers and the bats uh, being deployed to uh, to to you know wipe out the people inside, but when they actually go inside, there's uh, there's not an alley viper to be seen in the no. entire <laughs> three yep. issues. Uh, yeah. Never mind, they they might have just you know died and fallen off uh, off camera somewhere. Now then, three issues here, so plenty to choose from. What was our favourite bit of scripting? Favourite line of dialogue. Have you got a favourite line of dialogue here? There was some great dialogue in here, and I've I've peppered uh, I've peppered the show already with a few of them. Uh, I think uh, my pres my my favourite uh, was from uh, Venom. So he said, "Ah, it's good to have a physical presence again, but why is this body I am occupying dressed like a clown, half naked, wearing a cape and a monocle?" Yeah, that was a good one. That's a classic. I think I. I probably had that one as well as my favourite, but I've gone for a different one in a different kind of vein. It's where the Joes are over in Darklonia and they're waiting for the the enemy to come, kind of come over the hill and they're all facing the the reader with their guns pointed towards the reader and it's Spirit Roadblock and is it Grozny the Scrounger, whatever his name was? That's and right. um, Spirit says, we can do this Roadblock. And Roadblock says, piece of cake, Spirit. And the Scrounger says, yes, it's a good day to die. So... Um, Bit of bit of melodrama there, so yeah, a couple of good ones there. I, I like, really like that Doctor Venom one, but <laughs> but who was the standout character? Who is the MVP? 
most valuable person in these issues? Who is the MVP? Is it a Cobra Joe or the enemy? The good guys are the Joes now on show Counter-terrorist force but hush it's on the down low Pages of this book go have a look We're searching for guys or gals that have the hook the hookup being the best thing in the story Chomping up scenes front and center allegory And let's not forget about those cats named Cobra Sipping Don Perignon, are you sure they're sober? Brainwave Scanner is back, gonna be messing Big CC and Destro teach a lesson Talking valuable, can we talk the dreadnoughts Grape soda, chocolate donuts and then the jukebox Who is the MVP? Most valuable person in these issues Who is the MVP? Is it a Cobra Joe or the enemy? Right, have you got an MVP for these three issues? I struggled, I struggled, mm. but did you? what did you come up with? I did I did land on one. Uh, I went for Dr. Venom. Right, just yes. In, just in terms of just some of that, uh, you know, chewing on the scenery when he's uh, when he's really sort of doing some of that his dialogue that's uh, a lot of fun to be uh, to be had there so yep. so yeah sort of uh, coming back uh, with a bit of a bang and and quite a quite a few sort of comedy moments there yeah yeah I think I went the same as well even starts off on that last page on 240 that last panel where Mindbender's getting out of the chair and he's got his like thumbs up and he's like, and Dr. Venom lives again. And there's Venom's picture all over the screens. And from that point on, you know, like you said, <laughs> any scene he's in, he's just like chewing it up. And he can kind of get away with anything at this stage because he's newly, newly brought back. And he can kind of act however he wants, act like a right jackass. So, yeah, <laughs> Venom for me as well. Cool. Uh, right, good stuff. We will. Uh, we need to yo-jo it actually first before we move on. So these five issues, three this week, two last week. What's your yo-joage going to be for this, sir? Uh, I quite enjoyed these these ones, so I'll go in with a uh, a seven. Some yeah, th- those great splash pages. Some some you know nice uh, action sequences. Uh, yeah, I think yeah, a lot of fun to be had in, okay. in these three. Seven from Marky Mark. Chief is. Coming in with a six, it's the book is starting to lose me, unfortunately. So uh, hopefully Larry's got something cooked up in the next few issues. I know we've got some coming up around issue 251. We've got some one-off special missions. So hopefully that will buck the upward trend or buck the downward trend into an upward (laughs) one. But we'll see. Next week, it's a two-part storyline. So that's issues 242, 243. So stay tuned for that little nice little two-parter, which I believe is based on actually based on something else you told me. Oh yeah, that's uh, that's right. It's uh, insp- I, I think inspired by yeah, some true life events okay. uh, from plucked from the the headlines. Um, so so yeah, uh, more details next week. We'll we'll discuss in yeah. more detail when we get to it. Yeah, good stuff, good stuff. Uh, after talking comics, we need to go back for our second round of toy talk. So it's uh, toy talk. Mark talks about toys, ho ho. He talks about G.I. Joe. He talks about all the toys from the comic book and the animated show. Mark talks about toys. Mark talks about toys. Okay, so this there was never a Dr. Venom figure, was I think there might have been actually, was there? I think there was eventually okay. in uh in uh yeah, the uh was it maybe a toy pack or something, but right, there's okay. yeah, I'm pretty sure there has there has been a Venom eventually, right. but well, yeah, there wasn't in him. the original run. 
Okay. I could have done. You could have done. You could have done. Uh, quite a lot of dreadnought action here. Well, not quite a lot, but more than we've seen recently when they mm-hmm. assault that community center. We see Ripper, Buzzer, Torch. Um, have you picked? I'm going to say you've picked the Thunder Machine. Oh, right. Bing, bing, bing. Is it? <laughs> there we yeah, go. Yeah, boy. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I've just pinged you on, on WhatsApp yep. some, uh, some photos, uh, photos there. Chances are this probably has been covered on Toy Talk uh, by uh, one of the the previous co-hosts, but um, it's it's been a little while since it, it appeared in in the book, and it features quite prominently. Uh, you know, you you have all of the the the, the uh, dreadnoks yep. plus uh, you know Zartan and Zarana and all of the Joes uh, secreted about uh, about the place as they make their exit from uh, from the Springfield Community Center uh, yep. in there. So. Um, yeah, this one came out in 1986, and it—it's you know I you know I'm picking my favourites a lot of the time when I'm when okay. I'm doing these uh, toy talks, and um, this is very much one of my favourites. You had it did as you? well. I had I had this one. Yeah, a lot of love, a lot of um, uh, playtime with that one. Um, it did. Uh, yeah, it did sort of. Have a couple of accidents. I think we lost uh, we lost a wheel there, um, and and that sort of had to get super glued back uh, back on. But uh, yeah, very much one of my my favourites, and and actually one that I've been uh, been you know keeping a, a little eye out that if one comes up at the right place on eBay or whatnot, then uh, I might just pull the trigger and, uh, right. and get and and get that. So it was uh, designed by uh, Ron Rudat and was inspired by the Mad Max uh, films. Um, you know, with that post-apocalyptic yep. kind of road warrior kind of look, it's got the nose of a 1978 Firebird, Firebird Trans Am, and uh, racing tires on the front, off-road tires on the rear. It's propelled by a knock dead 21k thrust jet jet engine. It's got a military truck chassis, it's chassis, removable armor-plated side panels and kids coming into the room to try and interrupt me. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Thomas, I'm doing my podcast. Oh. I'm going to cl- close the door and come and see me I'm later on. I've only got one minute. I'm not editing this okay, out. <laughs> okay, Thomas, why don't you come over here? We're talking... Come, it probably will get cut out. Come here. No, I'm not cutting it out. <laughs> Time run out. Time run out. Come here, come here, you. We're talking about the Dreadnought Thunder Machine. Do you remember seeing that one in the comic? I'm <laughs> He's never going to talk. I've <laughs> never seen it All in right, the flesh. Run off. I don't know. So. Okay. Um, so you've not you've not encountered that one yet. Never encountered it. Oh no. Because no. um, and it also came came with a Dreadnought uh, Thrasher as well, with a yes. uh, a lacrosse stick with a kind of studded ball in the in the middle of it as as well. Uh, right. So quite a brutal little. Uh, weapon and yeah i don't think i even talked about the uh the double uh gatling guns on the on the front as as well which uh with the ammo belt going around them um yeah just an incredible looking vehicle and uh you can you know you can fit in obviously the the passenger and the the driver yep. but you've also got uh room for i think eight uh people to stand along the uh running boards as as well so you know you can propel along quite a few people uh in it and uh yeah when we're talking when we get to our top tens which you know we should do at some point 
all-time figures, all-time vehicles. I'm sure that will that will feature uh, in in mine. And I also yeah. pinged you some photos of some the the real life uh, cosplay from uh, uh, which features a an actual uh, Thunder Machine, uh, you know, one to one scale with uh, the proper you know Gatling guns on the front, you know, completely uh, uh, sort of uh, decked out, very very faith- faithful, uh, looking pretty spec spectacular. Yeah, I think there's. That's right. Eight stars uh, painted on the on the side of it, sort of representing eight GI Joe vehicles that uh, were taken taken down. All oh, right, and I, uh, and I think it came out the same year as the uh, Havoc, which is uh, kind of why they sort of developed that um, dynamic of of the Joe Cobra, uh, you know, kind of mirroring vehicles there with the the, the front facing uh, cannons on on okay. both of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, with that. With that brilliant issue back in the day, where where they were very much uh, kind of one on one out in the out in the swamplands, uh, yeah. So there we go. Good stuff. Thunder machine. Good stuff. <laughs> Thunder machine. I mean, they didn't have that many vehicles, did they? They had a couple of bikes and trikes and and stuff, but that that was obviously their main the main thing. And yeah, I mean, it was it was. You know, somewhat sad and a bit of an oversight that, that in in the comics they were very much the kind of the motorcycle gang, and there was never really a proper like you know Harley Davidson or you know something along those kind of lines that you yeah. could put your uh, dreadnoughts on. There was um, in the I think in the same same year there was the dreadnought ground assault vehicle right. and a, uh, a a motorcycle. Um, uh, and also the dreadnought swamp fire. The ground assault was just a repainted stinger, as was the motorbike, and and the dreadnought swamp fire was that that vehicle that you might remember from that those those same issues. It was kind of a a swamp vehicle that had these blades on the top of it that could act a bit like a, a helicopter. But I don't believe we ever got those released in the UK, and I think even in the states they might have been like a um an exclusive to okay. to a store as well so yeah, yeah. Uh, you don't get to see them knocking about so much and then okay. yeah further down the line there was a uh, a three-wheeled uh dreadnought um kind of motorcycle thing with the gun turret on the on the on the back but yeah very much the crown jewel uh Thunder machine. thunder machine yeah very good very good uh if you listeners out there if you had a thunder machine as a kid or you've got one now you want to get one let us know on some of the socials or on the Facebook <laughs> chat page if you've got no, a, not that i want to buy one got, i'm just yeah. interested to know you know spare, other, a spare one knocking about being donated other, to the show just interested to know other listeners <laughs> views or uh, you know where, where they place this in in their childhood or even current play so good stuff good stuff more toy talk next week but now for this you're listening to Talking Joe, and now for something completely different. <laughs> the Star Wars Galaxy sure has a lot of playgrounds. Playgrounds. Jedi Knights, Evil Sith, Bounty Hunters, all doing the rounds. Doing the rounds. But there's a guy so cool, the Mandalorian. Mandalorian. Now expand your mind and be a Star Wars historian. Historian. It's 10 Minute Mando. He's chasing a star. It's 10 Minute Mando. He loves Beskar. It's 10 Minute Mando in a galaxy far, far away. Okay, we're back, and this time Chief has watched The Mandalorian, although we are mixing it up again. I said last week we were going to cover episode 6 and 7. We're actually just going to do 6 this week because 7 and 8 form kind of a two parter, which we'll be we'll covering next week. So just episode 6, and this one is called The Prisoner, maybe? Something like that? It is know. actually called The Prisoner. 
indeed. Oh, okay, yeah, there you go. And this is one, this is the, so how, how I break it down is episodes one, two, and three of Mando form a nice sort of trilogy. Seven and eight kind of finish it off almost mm-hmm. like a movie. And then stuck in the middle, you've got these three one-off Monster of the mm. Week style episodes, which all three are pretty much junk i think <laughs> so this one i, I was remember, gonna say one and done but a junk the, is another word okay. this this one i remember watching when it came out and actually really enjoying it like ben was telling me this episode six is a load of rubbish and i was like no this is this is a good one this is a good one having now rewatched it i've gone the other way so Oof. for me i like that first 10 12 minutes where Mando's getting the job. He meets up with his old, the old beardy dude who tells him about the job. Meet the crew. I, I like a motley crew coming together. You know, with separate. You got the the muscle. You got the brains. You got the mm. weather. I kind of like that setup. Very comic booky, isn't it? You see that in pretty much yeah, any yeah. comic book where teams get formed and come together. And there's, and, always, <laughs> there's always someone who's just good with knives in those yeah, kind of crews. Always a knife expert, <laughs> the techie guy. We got the droid here, and they're putting the plan together. Um, you know, extraction of a guy. But then once they get to the prison ship, it just all goes downhill. Just for me, the scripting became bad. The action sequences were very slow and not well choreographed. I thought the acting and storytelling was very poor. Obviously picks up at the end when you see those X-Wings. That is goosebump moment, but that's what, two minutes. But all that stuff in between, just not for me. Oh, harsh. I really like this one. I thought it was great. Okay. Uh, it reminded me a little bit like one of the, the, the sort of the big one and dones of the uh, sort of the later Clone Wars episodes. Yeah. Uh, in kind of the uh, the setup. Um, but yeah, I thought it was a. Uh, I thought there was quite a lot to love. I like the. Uh, I like the setup. I like the sort of the caper. Uh, I like the big uh, plot twist at the end of it. I thought the characters and, uh, and the actors were were good. I th- yep. felt like there was a lot to a lot okay. to love there. I it felt like a low rent. Babylon 5 or Star Trek episode to me I just I don't know it just it just yeah didn't feel Star Warsy. although I like I tell you who I did like I like the, the woman the Twi'lek um, the, the obviously knife expert I thought oh, she right. played it well but the the baldy gunslinger dude I thought his acting was poor <laughs> and the droid was moving around with too many human human motions oh, it right. looked like a man in a suit rather than a robotic droid um, liked his look, liked, liked visually, liked his his appearance, but his his actual um, movement. Yeah, wasn't... I, li- I like the uh, I like the the Droid Zero, um, voiced by Richard uh, uh, Iurd, uh, off of um, yeah Travel Man and right. um, the uh, IT crowd and and whatnot. Um, yeah, he had the Boba Fett's um, rifle, and he had that yes. sort of like webbing. Um, on on him with the I guess the ammo belts or whatever yeah. it was that was on there. I yeah. thought he was... And what was that? He's like doing some kind of hunt the baby Yoda thing around the ship <laughs> that lasted forever. What was that all about? And then yeah. there was no urgency when they they're, they're in the prison ship and the guys hit the button and he's like, right, we've got twenty minutes before you know the, the rebels to the resistance turns up. But there's no suspense after that. They're just casually walking yeah. around. Right, you go and kill the Mando. It's like, no, fuck that. I want to get on this ship and get and out not, of here. And not blow up. Yeah, yeah. There yeah. wasn't yeah, there wasn't a huge amount of urgency in terms um, of that ticking clock for for them. Um but yeah, I thought it was fun the way that um he that, that Mando eventually sort of takes them all down one by one by one. Yeah. Um I like the bit where um 
uh, he's taking down Mayfield and creeping up on him, and they've got the the sort of flashing sort of strobe right. lights. Yes. And as he's and he's as he's walking down the corridor, he's sort of progressing that you know bit closer each time before he eventually gets in. Yeah. And I guess you know one one of the twists were, or the twist was you think he's killed them all, and then at the end they're just locked up in the prison cell still. Yep. So actually, they they were lucky. Yeah. <laughs> that they even didn't though, come with him. even though that big dude, the Deveronian, seems to have been crushed by some closing blast doors. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, he, he looked fine in the end, but he he was alright. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, there there was a good guest cast there. So uh, there was uh, the the main guy with the the beard that sort of set up the whole yep. crew. Recognize him? Where do uh, I recognize yeah, him? Yeah, he's from? been a lot of stuff, sort of just as and with a very memorable face. This guy called. Mark Boone Jr. Um, he was uh, a big character in, in Sons of Anarchy, okay. but he played Flass in Batman Begins, which might be where uh, you recognise uh, him most from, perhaps. I think I've only seen it once. Can't uh, remember. The Mayfield was uh, a stand-up comedian called Bill Burr, who's appeared in um, Breaking Bad. Um, ah, I know the name Bill Burr. Yeah, okay, maybe that's why he was so bad at acting in this. <laughs> Because he's not actually. And I an think actor. he does. Uh, I think he does a pod a podcast, and uh, and in that podcast, ironically, he's quite well known uh, for not getting Star Wars and right. constantly berating the franchise for being for nerds. Yeah, so, he's supposed uh, to be quite funny. <laughs> so I might check some of his stuff out. Um, and then okay. we, you talked about liking the uh, the Twi'lek um, Zian, yeah. I think she's called. Um, uh, I probably my less, least favorite character actually out okay. of uh, out of the lot in this this episode, uh, Natalia Natalia Tenner. Um, did you recognize her? Do you think or no? So she was from Game of Thrones, where she played Osha. No, and was also out. in uh, 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 Harry Potter as an Who's Infidora. Osha in Game of Thrones? So I think that was like the wildling that um, helped uh, Bran. Ah, oh, right. Okay, escaping. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I picked. Yep, got her now. Got her. Yep. Well done. Good stuff. And, and uh, a link there back to um, uh, Game of Thrones that uh, Pedro Pascal played uh, Prince Oberyn. Okay. <laughs> so right. A bit of a reunite, uh, reuniting there of uh, some yeah, yeah. Game of Thrones people. And this is written. I think it was the teleplay was written by Christopher Yost, who yeah. Was I, d- I don't know if he came from TV before he went to comics, but he was at Marvel for a good long while, yeah, writing a lot of X books. Yeah, certainly done a pretty lot. Pretty bad of... X books as well. He was not <laughs> a lot the greatest comics. writer, but I don't know, you know, whether he came from TV into comics, then back to TV. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah. He's certainly his his name. You know, his name is in a lot of credits of a lot of TV and a lot of uh, comics. Yes. Um, yeah. So he's. Uh, yeah, one of these guys that that is always uh, cropping up, and he was co-written yeah. by I think Rick. Um, I'm not going to be able to say say his na- name properly. Rick f- um, Fam. <laughs> the, the, the director Rick, yeah, um, who guy. also directed uh, number. <laughs> and <laughs> wasn't speaking of cameos, wasn't uh, Dave Filoni one of the X-wing pilots as well? That, that's right. All the yeah, 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 yeah. Cameos. All of the all of the X-wing pilots were the directors. So you had so right. you had uh, Rick. Uh, uh, Deborah Chow, who did uh, three and seven, and Dave Filoni, yeah. who did um, one and one and five, okay. and the X wings that were used in that sequence were actually a full-sized vehicle that was created for the Galaxy's Edge. Uh, oh wow! In uh, in Florida, and it was just and it was filmed before they then shipped okay. it shipped it out to uh, Disney World. Good stuff. Uh, the other 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 guy who made an appearance there um, that we've not talked about yet was Clancy Brown as Berg. So the the big 
muscle of the crew. Oh yeah, I recognised him as well. Um, but yeah, a bit behind a bit of pros- prosthetics. But he's got a G- he's got a GI Joe connection, which is that he voiced Destro in uh, GI Joe Renegades. He's quite well oh. known for having a bit of a booming uh, deep voice, yep. um, and is best known to me as playing uh, Lex Luthor in Superman animated. Ah, okay. Um, Very good. And it's his first Star Wars live-action appearance, but he actually appeared as Savage Opress in uh, Star Wars The Clone Wars. Ah, very good. Right, that tells us it's time on the 10-Minute Mando. Uh, Join us next week where we'll be rounding out Season 1 with Episodes 7 and 8. Hopefully this is an uptick for the Chief over these last three Dross episodes I've had to suffer through. Um... I'll get flack there from one man's straw opinion. on the uh, Facebook group for my non-love for Mandalorian. Um, I haven't watched a trailer for season two. Um, I'm not going to bother. I will watch season two, but I- I'm keen to avoid any kind of spoilers. Yeah, so. I agree. It's nice to go in sort of yeah. not not you know not not having it spoiled in advance. So yeah, so yeah, yeah, be surprised. Yep, good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, we, before we uh, say our goodbyes, we have got to talk about some questions that we ask you, the listeners. We asked you a question, you being the listener of the show, and we being me and Chief. So let's talk about what you said, Ed. Yes, yeah, not bad, okay. not bad. Yeah. Um, what did, what would, what, well, I was going to say, what did people say? What was the question, first of all? So the question was about impulse buys. So, um, you know, when we're talking about toys, there's very much that thing of the impulse buy, particularly in a, you know, this day of the buy it now button on, on eBay. So what are your biggest, best and worst impulse buys? Let's, shall we talk about what yeah. the people out there in social media land said? And then we can talk about, you know, some of our own buys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, over on the Facebooks, uh, there was a good discussion. Andrew said that uh, he only wanted Destro from the uh, latest wave of uh, classified, from the first wave of classified, but he ended up getting them all. I think, uh, I think a lot of people, collectors will probably echo that, that they're thinking, yeah, I might dip my toe in, uh, maybe get one or two of my, of the favourite ones, but actually ending up getting the whole shebang. Uh, Mike shared uh, with us a, a, a lovely, car- lovely collection of uh, modern carded figures and, and vintage Joes after getting uh, getting back into collecting following uh, the the lockdown. Um, Gary uh, regaled us with uh, his saga of trying to find a complete metal head with unbroken pegs, and uh, yeah, check out the Facebook post for for the full saga of of, of that one. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so uh, Rock shared uh, with us. Uh, a lovely uh, selection of an uh, impulse buy of five carded original version, uh, you know, series one GI Joes that uh, looked absolutely delightful. Uh, S Jub says that he's never regretted buying a GI Joe toy, but uh, he totally uh, shat on uh, a, the G- G1 reissue of Galvatron that he'd uh, bought and really, uh, you know, when he Marie Kondoed it, he uh, Marie Kondoed it right out the window. Right. Um, so Phil over on Insta said uh, that he hasn't made any uh, impulse buys yet, but could uh, totally find himself in a situation where he has a rattler follow him home <laughs> like that. It's like a, a dog following you home. Can we keep yeah. it? Yeah. You know, where did this thing coming from? From it's just you know, Hilly <laughs> uh, Hillbilly Harper uh, said that one of his uh, most recent impulse buys was the a Thousand Toys Abe Sapien, which of course got me looking at uh, at that on eBay as well. I've got uh, the the Hellboy version of that. But all oh, that Abe Sapien is looking pretty sweet. Um, yeah, I've not <laughs> d- seen it. D- I have to have a look at that. Dang- 
dangerous question to be asking and getting ideas of what you need to to get uh, friend of the show my mate myla um classic reply i used to get all gooned up and then wake up the next day to find emails from ebay saying my orders are confirmed my whale was acquired during one of these goon sessions so no regrets there <laughs> yeah, yeah very good a little nice bit of colloquialism as well goon session why not yep. <laughs> uh, <laughs> May also uh, retweeted us and asked if there were any Flagger Impulse buyers out there wow. and, uh, and got a few re- few replies there. Strato Viper 72 uh, was in a toy store and found one and never thought he'd see another one in such great shape, so just went there and got it. And uh, GI, <laughs> you know, that is an impulse buy. It's yeah. got to be one of the biggest ones, hasn't it? And uh, GI Gary says that he's previously bought three collections and uh, paid handsomely every time. But uh, those collections included uh, a Defiant and two Terradromes. So, uh, yeah, sounds pretty sweet to me. Yeah. Um, so over to you, Chief. What uh, what um, impulse buys would you okay. like to share with us? Impulse buys. I get, I'm going to keep this. I'm going to keep it broad. So I. Yes, uh, on Thursday, two days ago, I was in Forbidden Planet in London and I saw a Wedge Antilles Black Series reduced to 15, so I bought that. had no intention of buying that character, so bought that. Then yesterday, I was reading the Star Wars Darth Vader series, the comic um, from Marvel, the first Kieran Gillen run and the introduction of BT-1, the uh, murder kill droid. And so after reading that comic, I went on eBay and bought one of them. Had no intention of buying that yesterday. And from a G.I. Joe point of view, impulse buys. So from the six-inch line, I guess I was always going to try and get as many figures as I could. So no impulse buys there. Um, well, you say always, but but you you're a little bit you know slow off the mark you didn't you didn't do no yeah no so i was i was slow i didn't get them when they came out and uh, i'm still trying to peg down where my six inch buying which started on august the 23rd of this year (laughs) oh crikey um, i'm trying to peg down what what started that frenzy uh, and I still don't know. And what made me turn the corner on wanting to buy all the Joes as well? I, I'm racking the chief memory banks, but they are there's a corruption in in there somewhere, <laughs> and I can't think what it was. But impulse purchases. I've had Skeletrix impulse purchases in the last you know several months of just seeing a car and like oh oh yeah I'll buy that car without no no sort of planning. But lots of lots of impulse purchases from me. What about you? Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, there, I'm, I'm a member on some of the, uh, you know, Action Force and GI Joe Facebook groups and and that kind of thing. And I, you know, occasionally look at eBay. And uh, yeah, there's been a few uh, recent impulse buys. There's been uh, I bought a big collection of uh, some of the comic book packs, um, the card figures for 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 those. And and I bought a collection that included uh, a, how many dreadnoughts. Um, yeah, the the three classic dreadnoughts and and one Zartan again in the the twenty fifth anniversary modern modern look, which is on my uh, bookshelf. Just this morning, there was a guy that posted up a, a lot of uh, of GI Joes for for sale, and and I was like, oh, I'll just have a look at these, and 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 I've replied to him saying, can I have Night Creeper, Footloose, Dusty, Major Blood, Ripcord, Tomax, Alpine, Vega, Crocmaster, Rock and Roll, please. Jeepers. Um, so. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, you're worse and, than yeah. me 
yeah, I did hold my hold back. There was this this really cool looking Dreadnought set that was on uh, eBay the other day, and that was on for I think two hundred and fifty pounds. Right. Um, which uh, sounds like a lot, but wasn't necessarily too much given the, the volume of uh, figures and, and bikes and things that they had okay. on there. Uh, if someone else hadn't bought it before me, I probably would have <laughs> probably would have done it. I was very close to pulling okay. the trigger on that, but uh, yeah, yeah, slippery slope. Yeah, but you're and obviously the the Space Marine you bought the other day, you know. Oh yeah, that, yeah, that's yeah. an impulse purchase, isn't it? So it's not we're not just restricted to GI Joe here. I find well, me personally, it's it's you know I co- collect quite a few different IPs, so that that's te- that's even worse because that means you know there's more for me to impulse buy, and also uh, I go to the extent that you did, where you're not even into Warhammer, but if you see something looking nice, and that's kind of the same with me, like my. my uh, ben, he's now getting fully into Black Series, but only Black Series Star Wars. A uh, friend of the show, Dave Faceman, he had strict, he's good, he has strict uh, requirements. So he will only collect um, this figure line or uh, this scale, and he has an X amount of budget per month. So that restricts him from buying things outside of his plan. But uh, me, I'm like, oh, look at that. I've got no interest in that particular power ranger line but look at that figure that looks well cool that looked good on the shelf and i'll end up buying it so and yeah not set yourself any sort of budget and <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah we'll keep that quiet mm. um yeah so you know I, I think no one's immune to the impulse buy are they which is um but there's a bit there's a hit of adrenaline isn't there when you potentially see something that you weren't planning on getting and you know, you're like, oh yeah, that looks nice. I'll get that, and you you mm. buy it, and you get a buzz when it arrives. As long as you don't have buyer's remorse, that, that's fine. But a lot of the things, if we're looking just at action figures, there is a healthy back market, uh, you know, secondary market for these figures. So even if you're not getting the price you paid, you can still, you know, offload most stuff you get for for not too much of a loss. Yeah, that's fair. So yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, we do have a question for the listeners for next week, though, and it is this one. So, much love always for G.I. Joe A-list characters and B-list characters, but we want to dig even further and go C-list characters. So, we want you to tell us your favourite kind of third-tier C-list characters that potentially don't get any love or any recognition or any any conversation at all about these guys. So... You know, we're talking not from the classic era because most of those guys in 82 to 87 are probably considered, unless you can find a character from there that really isn't in the discussion anywhere. But we're, we're kind of looking at, you know, maybe later on figures that have slipped through the cracks, whether that be comic book, toy, whatever. So, yeah, is that about fair? Yeah, let's hear Let's hear the you're your much-loved but uh, yeah, much f- <laughs> much forgotten uh, figures. So yes, so what yes. what are the figures that, that that you love, which no one else seems to have any time for? Yep, yep. Good stuff. Good stuff. We will post the question up on all the usual places if you want to reply there. And the usual places are on Twitter. It's talking underscore Joe. On Instagram, it's talking Joe Comics at um yeah talking joe comics on uh, gmail it's talking joe comics at gmail.com and obviously the facebook group if you're not part of it get involved there it's uh talking joe a gi joe podcast so i think that's all the places you can find us actually yeah well you know through through your window 
Yep, so if you want to throw 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 a rock through a window <laughs> with a bit of notepaper around it with your response, you can do that. But um, please don't. Is, is <laughs> no, just say. just press your face up against it. That's yeah, fine. Yeah, knock on the door. That's easier. Um, <laughs> Good stuff. We will be back next time. Uh, use your Talking Joe time. Use your Talking Joe channel. And uh, we'll see you down the road. Because we've been Talking Joe. And, and we're all, all out of Joes. Joes. And all those other action figures. Oh, good. Too many. Yeah. Laters. <laughs>